And now, from a deep underground military base on the other side of the flat earth, it's time for the 7th Annual Fake News Awards! Featuring your host, Bent Krockman! And a special guest appearance by Yaroslav Hanka and his international cheerleaders! How did the disinformation specialists of the Mockingbird Media lie to the public this year? What rich creamery nothing burgers did they use to whip the public into hysteria over matters of no consequence whatsoever? And what real scandals of earth-shaking importance did they ignore? And who will walk away with the most coveted dino of them all? The fake news story of the year! Find out in this face-meltingly, apocalyptically horrifying extravaganza of media mendacity known as the Fake News Awards. Brought to you by our corporate sponsors. Bud Light. Just forget everything that happened last year. McDonald's. Come for the free meals for Zionist occupiers. Stay for the free rats. And FTX. Matt Damon made me do it. And now, stumbling out of the hermetically sealed tin can that we keep him in for the first time in 364 days, here's your host, Ben Crockman. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binary transforming robots and assorted others. Welcome back. Bent Crockman here, and let me tell you, it's my pleasure to be here once again dispensing these dinos of dishonor to the remorseless regurgitators of rubbish in the lying lamestream media. No, really, I'm thrilled, thrilled, I tell you, to be here yet again, sorting through the morass of mendacity disgorged from the mandibles of the mockingbird media over the course of the past year. No, listen to me. It's not only my honor, but my sacred duty, a position that I'm not worthy to hold, to be the one parsing the putrid propaganda puked up by the polluted publishers of perjury with these pseudo-prizes. I can't contain my contentment at conferring these counterfeit kudos on the cretinous curators of calumny that calumny that cal- 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 putrid propaganda Thank you. Uh, as I was saying, it's time to give out some prizes to the biggest fake news purveyors of the year. There are five prizes to be awarded in five different fake news categories, so let's pull up our sleeves and get to work. The first award is for Fake Journalist of the Year. And the runners-up are... Alexandra Klausner of the New York Post and Maria Okenrend of the Daily Mail and Kira Clark of The Sun and Steve Hopkins of Joe for as Kit Knightley over at Off Guardian observes, all miraculously writing the exact same anti-human I regret having a baby, I'd rather watch Netflix story about the exact same thread by The Berry from the Mumsnet Internet Forum, a post that would have been seen by precisely no one if it hadn't been amplified by fake news outlet after fake news outlet around the world. Drew Ortiz, the fake, 
computer-generated Sports Illustrated correspondent who, along with several AI-generated non-reporters writing sponsored content for the mag, contributed chatbot-created word salad nonsense in stories like Play Like a Pro with the Best Full-Size Volleyballs, which contains such gems of insight as Volleyball can be a little tricky to get into, especially without an actual ball to practice with. And CNET Money Staff, the byline catch-all for a slew of chatbot-generated articles which not only published factually incorrect content with no editorial oversight, but also plagiarized like a drunken high school student the night before a term paper deadline. And the winner is... ESPN? What? They weren't even nominated. You can fool the Emmys for 30 years in a row, but you can't fool us, damn it. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that, folks. And the real winner is the BBC's disinformation specialist, Mariana Spring. Yes, Mariana Spring, the BBC's specialist disinformation correspondent. The same Mariana Spring, who was recently busted for having lied about her own work history on her CV. That's right, it turns out that in 2018, before becoming the BBC's aptly named disinfo expert, Mariana Spring submitted a resume to Coda Story, a US government proxy, NED and Soros-funded mouthpiece fake news outlet, in which she claimed to have reported on international news during the World Cup, specifically the perception of Russia, with BBC correspondent Sarah Rainsford. The only problem? It was a complete and total fabrication. When pressed on this completely fictitious invention by Coda Story's editor-in-chief, Spring immediately buckled. I've only bumped into Sarah whilst she's working and chatted to her at various points, but nothing more. Yes, as it turns out, not only does Mariana Spring constantly peddle total propaganda nonsense about conspiracy realists at the behest of her government fake news masters, but it turns out her entire career started with an outright lie. Coda Story's editor put it best when she rejected Spring's application, saying, Telling me you are a brilliant reporter who exercises integrity and honesty when you have literally demonstrated the opposite was a terrible idea. Indeed. And for that unbelievably brazen act of mendacity at the start of a career in truth-telling, Mariana Spring wins the Fake Journalist of the Year Award for 2023. Congratulations, Mariana. This dino's for you. All right, folks. An exciting start to the show, I'm sure you'll agree. Let's move on to our next dino. Fakest global warming story of the year. And the runners-up are... The World Health Organization for... Over 40 million health professionals demand bold health and climate action at COP28, which claims that more than 40 million health professionals around the globe are supporting the WHO in their call to assume total dictatorial control over your body and your health in the name of saving Mother Earth or something like that, but quietly conceding in a hyperlinked footnote that the 40 million number is complete baloney, cooked up by adding all 40 million members of the International Council of Nurses and the World Medical Association, without their knowledge or consent, to the 
thousands of health professionals who actually actively support the climate health emergency scam. Bill McKibben's substack for No Human Has Ever Seen It Hotter, which begins with the claim that Monday, July 3rd, 2023 was the hottest day on planet Earth in 125,000 years, before immediately conceding that satellite temperature records only go back 50 years. Predictably, he completely failed to mention that the concept of an average global temperature is cockamamie nonsense, and that the temperature records we do have are all manually adjusted BS. And German broadcaster One, which solved the problem of making people more scared of global warming by taking their once green maps and making them fiery red, even when they're showing cooler temperatures. Boo! Are you scared now? If not, the fake news liars of the lying lamestream media will doubtless find ways to make the report seem even scarier in 2024. And the winner of the fakest global warming story of the year goes to... Hold on. Where did the paper go? God, ladies and gentlemen, in a surprise twist, the Academy has determined that since basically every global warming study in the MSM is fake news, they will instead present an award for the truest global warming story of the year. And the prize goes to Patrick T. Brown and the free press for I overhyped climate change to get published. Yes, in an incredibly unusual display of honesty, Patrick Brown, a PhD climate scientist and co-director of the climate and energy team at the Breakthrough Institute, admitted this past September that he deliberately left out important information in his article, Climate Warming Increases Extreme Daily Wildfire Growth Risk in California. As Brown writes, I knew not to try to quantify key aspects other than climate change in my research, because climate science has become less about understanding the complexities of the world and more about serving as a kind of Cassandra, urgently warning the public about the dangers of climate change. So why did Brown feel compelled to lie by omission? Because he wanted to be published in the prestigious Nature, Nature Journal, of course, and he knew that reducing the sum total of the complex issues of wildfires to climate change bad would fit the overly simplistic witch-doctor morality tale about appeasing the weather gods that's fashionable at the moment. Hmm. Perhaps Brown should talk to Jim Steele, the former director of the Sierra Nevada field campus of San Francisco State University, who detailed on the Corbett Report years ago how bad global warming science was actually hurting the environmental movement by ignoring the array of important cyclical events and land use issues that affect the delicate balance of natural ecosystems in favor of unfalsifiable woo-woo Mother Gaia is angry charlatanry. But for more on that, you can see the show notes. Oh, that's right! The Fake News Awards is the only award show you'll ever see with show notes! Because unlike the lying liars of the dinosaur media, I actually document what I'm saying. But 
While we're on the topic of the pseudoscientific global warming twaddle that has been misdirecting vast swaths of humanity into the arms of a Malthusian anti-human technocratic agenda for decades now, it's time to present a very special honor. This evening, the Fake News Academy is honored to present a special Lifetime Achievement Award for Fake News to an institution that has arguably caused more pain, harm, and suffering to people around the world than any other single entity in our lifetime other than government. The science! No, no, no. Not the scientific method itself. Not the process of forwarding, testing, debating, and experimentally verifying hypotheses. Not the demonstrable technological advances that have resulted from such scientific inquiry. Not to the spirit of free and open debate that forms the bedrock of all empirically derived knowledge about the functioning of the world around us. No, no, no. The science, a registered trademark of the Astrophysodernica Corporation. Yes, truly, the science, in collaboration with the World Harm Organization, the Centers for Disease Creation and Propaganda, the presumed health authorities of virtually every nation on the planet, and an assortment of Bill Nye-esque and Neil deGrasse Tyson-like talking heads who break it all down into simple terms for the little people, has spewed more fake news and led more people into the maws of the totalitarian technocratic biosecurity state nightmare than anyone else in recent memory. And now that we're on the cusp of the scamdemic disease X fake news hysteria merging with the chicken little climate change nonsense, it seems the future has never been brighter for those who make their paycheck by telling us to follow the science, wherever it's leading us. And so, for that heroic effort in spreading demonstrably false information at every turn, I'm honored to present this special Lifetime Achievement Award in fake news to The Science. And now, a message from The Science. Oh, hi, I'm Dr. Obey. And you can trust me because I'm wearing a stethoscope and I have the first name doctor. We here at the science... Oh, this? Yeah, don't worry about it. As I was saying, we here at the science are honored to be selected by the Fake News Academy for this Lifetime Achievement Award in Fake News. We take pride in our centuries-long struggle to get people to do what we say simply because we say it. And we're working on some new things that we're really excited about. In fact, you're just in luck. I'm on my way to room 101. Follow me. Yes, the science has been telling people what to do and making people believe whatever we want them to believe for centuries. Here, just look at this. <sighs> this, this is an archive of some of our greatest campaigns. Ah. Here's a page from Newton's Alchemical Notebook. <laughs> the menstrual blood of the sordid whore. <laughs> uh, phrenology, eugenics, the Tuskegee experiment, Margaret Sanger's campaign to exterminate the Negroes. Ah, here it is. A letter from Cornelius Rhodes from when he was stationed in Puerto Rico. You do remember Cornelius Rhodes, right? He was the Rockefeller Institute researcher who spent the Second World War developing chemical weapons for the U.S. Army and then repackaged mustard gas as chemotherapy to become a hero here at the science. Dear Ferdy, 
The Puerto Ricans are, beyond doubt, the dirtiest, laziest, most degenerate and thievish race of men ever inhabiting this sphere. It makes you sick to inhabit the same island with them. They are even lower than Italians. What the island needs is not public health, but a tidal wave or something to totally exterminate the population. It might then be livable. I've done my best to further the process of extermination by killing off eight and transplanting cancer into several more. <laughs> Real letter. Look it up. Ah, uh, good old Rhodesie. It took a hell of a lot of P Rockefeller PR work to get him out of that one, but it worked. You don't even remember his name anymore, do you? And it's not just recent history. Who could forget when we started the original masking campaign, the OG masking campaign, back in the 16th century? Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Hey, you, Goodman. What are you doing out and about without your mask on? You know this is for your safety and mine. Anyway, if you don't keep following the science, you're gonna get sick. You know there's this bad case of ill humors going around. You don't want your humors to get all out of whack now, do you? Anyway, well, remember, take your leeches and wear your plague mask, or the science will be angry. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Ha, <laughs> that was a good one. Still, it hasn't been nothing but success here at The Science. We've had our setbacks and our pitfalls, just like any other organization. Who can forget what happened 2,000 years ago? He's coming! It's Hippocrates! Ladies and gentlemen, I am the great Hippocrates. And after much deep thought, I have come up with an oath. Yes! First, do no harm. Do, do no harm. Don't, don't harm anybody. But 2,000 years later, who's having the last laugh now, huh, Hippocrates? Just look at Canada's euthanasia program. <laughs> and we're not done yet. Yes, we've spent the last few decades getting people to once again be afraid of angry weather gods. In the name of the science, of course. And we've just convinced them to lock down the entire planet for something as deadly as a seasonal flu. And wait till you see what we do when we combine these ideas. I, I don't want to give too much away, so I'll just say, one health. Yes, the future is bright for the fake news pushers at the science. Oh. This? It's, it's, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. And now to accept the award for Lifetime Achievement in Fake News on behalf of the science, here is Dr. Anthony Fauci. I've injected more whores than Ron Jeremy. What a shithead. I have no shame. I'm hoping to take 15 million lives during my lifetime. It's true. I hope to stick this award straight up my ass. I write the science, dude. And remember this, fascism is for all of us. The killer vaccines are safe. 
maybe we'll have an increase in autism. Rat sandwiches with bacon. Well, I like blah, 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 whores and forced masks because I am of the science. And you know what? Fauci only cares about damage. I think you should all be murdered. I am a true hero in the science. The Science is proud to accept this award for lifetime achievement in fake news. The Science, telling you what to do for thousands of years. Just don't worry about the blood on our hands. It's nothing. Fantastic. Just fantastic. Thank you, The Science. And thank you, Dr. Fauci. I, for one, will follow you wherever you tell me to go. I mean, really, whatever you say, I'll, I'll do it. Please, just, just don't cut off my digital wallet. Don't dock my social credit score. I need those CBDCs. I, I've got things to pay for. I, I want to travel. I, I have a job. I need to keep it. Uh, please, I'll do anything. Just let me live my life, the science. <clears throat> Sorry about that. All right, folks, the time is drawing near. Do you hear that? That means we're almost ready for the grand prize, the fake news story of the year. But before we get there, it's time to give out my favorite trophy, the People's Choice Award. The People's Choice Award for fake news story of the year is selected by the Corbett Report community. Corporate Report members have logged into the site and submitted their nominations in the comments section of the announcement video for this year's awards. And a special thank you to all the Corporate Report members who literally make this show possible. And the runners-up for People's Choice Award are... The CBC for COVID-19 misinformation cost at least 2,800 lives and $300 million, new report says. A laughable report about a government-funded study that relies on guesswork and garbage-in, garbage-out to come up with a made-up, scary-sounding number for how many Canadians died for daring to question their political overlords during the scandemic, all the while completely ignoring the growing body count of died suddenlies who continue to shuffle off this mortal coil for the mistake of actually listening to the government health overlords. Bloomberg, and The Daily Fail, and the BBC, and seemingly every other mainstream repeater in the fake news industry for their ongoing attempts to hype the completely fictitious, 100% admittedly fake Disease X that the WHO made up out of whole cloth as a convenient boogeyman whose properties can be whatever the scaremongers want. Did someone say 50 million people could die of this disease that doesn't even exist? Sure, why not? And the Environmental Protection Agency for EPA air monitoring has not detected any levels of health concern in East Palestine. By invoking the specter of fake news all-star Christine Todd, the ground zero air is safe to breathe Whitman, the EPA once again shows its fealty to the science at the expense of public health. Meanwhile, the East Palestine cleanup and the Lahaina cover-up continue to go completely unnoticed, while the EPA's media mockingbirds distract the public with a never-ending series of hobgoblins, including balloon bombings and submersible stories. And the People's Choice Award goes to...
Google for hands-on with Gemini, interacting with multimodal AI. That's right. As it turns out, this remarkable demonstration of Google's amazing AI ingenuity was a complete fraud from top to bottom. In fact, not only did viewers of the misleading video have to go to the video description to discover that, for the purposes of this demo, latency has been reduced and Gemini outputs have been shortened for brevity. But those viewers would have had to dig up a completely separate post on Google's blog for the really fine print admitting that the whole thing is a lie. Unlike what the fake video shows, the so-called AI was not responding to voice or video at all. Instead, it was prompted using still images and text. When called out on this outright fraud, a Google dissembler, but I repeat myself, lamely bleated that we made it to inspire developers. Of course, the fact that a fake AI story walks away with the People's Choice Award should hardly be surprising. The years-long trend of the dying dinosaur media trying to harvest more clicks by calling anything computer-related artificial intelligence and hyping every potential capability of this imagined future computing technology as a world-saving advance or a world-ending threat is par for the course at this point. We should expect plenty more such examples of outright fraud as we are suddenly prepared for the AI takeover. Just never ask what billionaire Wizards of Oz are pulling the strings on this technology and what ghastly technocratic reality we might discover if Toto ever does actually pull back the curtain on the big tech scam. But here's the real question. Now that Adobe is patenting technology to use AI to fight fake news, will you even be allowed to question the veracity of these AI stories in the future? Stay tuned to find out in 2024. But in the meantime, it's here. The fake news story of the year. Will Justin Trudeau manage to retain his title as world leader in fake news? Will a new challenger rise up to take his place? What was the biggest load of horse twaddle of 2023? Find out right after this word from our corporate sponsor. Are you a wannabe influencer whose green screen is showing? Are you struggling to convert those fake internet likes into real-world dollars? Won't somebody help? Well, don't get angry. Get the Influencer Factory. That's right. Here at the Influencer Factory, you can rent a booth in our soulless, cramped, hot, stuffy warehouse in an undisclosed location in Indonesia, furnished with everything you need to sell cheap, plastic, slave-made tchotchkes to your credulous social media followers. Here in the creepy confines of our fake factory, you'll have access to all the latest googads and gadgets to give your suffering audience the illusion that they too can one day aspire to a material wealth that doesn't exist in reality. Act now and we'll throw in a free course at the dystopian Chicom Influencer College and a free trip to whatever this is. Do you want to become a brand and market yourself to fluoride-addled fondle slab zombies? Then don't get frustrated. Get the Influencer Factory. Some terms and conditions apply. Users of the Influencer Factory waive all damages and liability for working conditions, labor law violations, factory fires, and death by sudden decapitation. Users agree to see the Influencer Factory possession of their passport, their belongings, and their immortal soul. 
Void where prohibited by natural law. Thank you, Influencer Factory. The Influencer Factory. Your ticket to 15 seconds of TikTok fame. <laughs> Delightful. I trust the irony that at the Fake News Awards, the commercials are actually true is not lost on the observant viewers out there. Okay, guys, it's time for the moment we've all been waiting for. The Fake News Story of the Year. There's obviously no shortage of fake news stories to pick from. From Biden's fake tweet about a fake letter from a fake child about a fake problem promoted by fake accounts. Or was that a fake Kareem Jean-Pierre tweet? Or there's the CBC attempting to create a scandal around Alberta Premier Daniel Smith by reporting on a completely fake and made-up email that didn't exist. Or there's the BBC's pathetic apology to Nigel Farage after they published the fake news story claiming that he wasn't debanked because of his political views, when in fact, that was admittedly part of the bank's decision. But as important as all of those stories are, they pale in comparison to the real story of 2023. No, not the scamdemic. That's so 2020. No, of course, I'm referring to... War. Yes, 2023 was the year of fake wars fought with real people for fake agendas by real enemies of humanity. And, like every year, guess who gets to pay for these wars with our blood? That's right, we do! Meanwhile, these enemies of humanity ham it up at Davos and chuckle over it at all of their latest globalist shindigs. And so, this year's fake news story of the year falls under the category of a fake war story. And the runners-up are... Vladimir Putin for telling the world that Prokosian blew himself up during a coke-fueled game of pass the grenade on his own jet. A fake news stinker so brazen that the bloated and visibly uncomfortable liar-in-chief of the Russian arm of the New World Order couldn't even maintain eye contact with the public he was lying to. The Toronto Star for calling Yaroslav Hanka a man who fought with the First Division in the Second World War before later immigrating to Canada, rather than someone who served in the 14th Waffen SS Grenadier Division, a voluntary unit made up mostly of ethnic Ukrainians under Nazi command. The New York Times for their Gaddafi Viagra level fake news reporting of the October 7th false flag including making up stories about alleged victims of rape and then systematically ignoring the Israeli police statement that there is no evidence of these crimes, and even the alleged victims' family members who claim that the New York Times simply invented the story. And the U.S. Congress for, oops, accidentally gifting grifter extraordinaire Zelensky and his merry band of Ukrainazis six billion dollars in the most stunning turn of events since that bank error in your favor garnered you 200 Monopoly dollars. Actually, the fake fact-checkers are here to tell you that in reality, the Pentagon didn't accidentally send an extra six billy to Ukraine. In fact, they overestimated the value of $6.2 billion worth of military equipment that was sent to the country. And the winner is... 
It's... It's empty. The envelope is... empty. Oh, I get it. This is some kind of meta-commentary on the, the pointlessness of this fake news endeavor, isn't it? A, a metaphor for the empty souls and vacant hearts of the warmongers. A reflection on... Wait. What's that? In my pocket? Every year, I tell you. And the award for fake news story of the year goes to... Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for Hamas ISIS is sick. They turn hospitals into headquarters for their terror. We just released intelligence proving it. Here it is. Yes, the fact that Prime Minister Netanyahu's digital lips were moving should have been the first sign that he was about to lay down a giant turd in the punch bowl of the October 7th false flag fallout. But if that wasn't enough, then the proof that he offered for his claim that Hamas ISIS, which isn't a thing, by the way, and Netanyahu should know because he helped create both, was turning hospitals into headquarters for their terror, should have sent the blaring klaxons of alarm off even in the most gullible rubes. Yes, this creepily silent, computer-generated, intelligence-based illustration of what nutty Yahoo and his IDF mercenaries fantasize exist underneath Al-Shifa Hospital is every bit as convincing as a child's drawing of the monster that exists under his bed when mommy turns the lights out at night, and it does not cross the threshold of proof by any conceivable stretch of the imagination, even in nutty Yahoo's wildest genocidal fantasies. In fact, so scant is this supposedly smoking gun proof that I have now spent longer talking about it than the video itself, so we're watching it again and again. Yes, this really scrapes the bottom of the barrel when it comes to fake news nonsense, doesn't it? And, in a highly unusual move, here to accept the award via live satellite link from DJO is Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. First of all, I would like to thank James Corbett and, of course, that Dr. West. I am the best at murder and for killing many people. Whee! For this award, I would like to thank Bruce Dickinson. How did I do it? Um, uh, what you need in a fake crisis is for all the misinformation to be constant. Set fire to a woman, and suddenly it doesn't matter who's bombing the hospitals. We have to, we have to kill them and cease fire after. Uh, I eat babies for crying out loud. I think they're making a mockery of us. This is all staged. I set fire to hospitals for freedom. Everyone is safe and alive in our fridge. Well, f it. I mean, those organs are not going to traffic themselves. Well, what do you say? Well, say f you, James, and f you guys. We know this award is fake news. In fact, there is no James Corbett. Well, not for long. Thank you, Mr. Prime Minister. A stirring speech indeed. Well worthy of a standing ovation. Your country must be so proud. But, you know, come to think of it, this hospital terrorist proof video you tweeted about, it 
kind of reminds me of another startling bit of proof we were subjected to way back in the early years of the War of Terror. There was constant discussion about him hiding out in caves, and I think many times the American people have a perception that it's a little hole dug out of a side of a mountain. Oh, no. This is it. This is a fortress. Yes. A complex, multi-tiered, bedrooms and offices on the top, as you can see. Secret exits on the side and, the end, and on the bottom. Cut deep to avoid thermal detection. A ventilation system to allow people to breathe and to carry on. The entrance is large enough to drive trucks and even tanks. Even computer systems and telephone systems. It's a very sophisticated operation. Oh, you bet. This is serious business. And, and there's not one of those. There are many of those. Ah, that's it. This comic book supervillain cave video tweeted out by Netanyahu has exactly as much credibility as Rumsfeld's comic book Kaida Phantasm, which is to say, none whatsoever. And as we saw in the ensuing weeks, this proof tweet was followed up by another smoking gun. Pictures of a hole in the ground, and a stunning video of an empty tunnel shaft underneath the hospital. Having secured this deadly terrorist site, the Israelis then threw open the doors to the tunnel, showed the terror mastermind's headquarters, and put all doubts to rest. Uh, oh, wait. No, they didn't. They strictly controlled foreign media and put out staged, crafted, managed, controlled PR videos showing a single rifle and... <gasps> Gasp! Uh, an MRI machine! In a hospital! You know... Your fake news story isn't flying very well when even the lying liars at the BBC are unconvinced by your self-evident sham. Well, BBC Verify has been examining the different sources of information that we have on this. Israel describes the Al-Shifa hospital as the main headquarters for Hamas's terrorist activity. This IDF animation posted in late October claims to represent a Hamas tunnel system underneath the hospital. But having been inside Al-Shifa since early Wednesday, Israel's yet to produce evidence of the tunnels. It has allowed the BBC and Fox News to film at the hospital, though only locations of Israel's choice. This is what they found. Israel also released its own seven-minute video, which BBC Verify has analysed. A watch, visible in that video, suggests it was filmed a few hours before the BBC arrived. And this IDF video was posted, then deleted, then reposted. This time without a section referring to an Israeli soldier who'd been held hostage. I don't know when this was used the last time. Also in the video, we see a room with an MRI machine. And if you zoom in and we get some light over here, what you will be able to see are is military equipment. The BBC was shown the same room. And what we see in the two videos doesn't precisely match. For example, there's one gun in the IDF video, two by the time of the BBC footage. Israel has told BBC Verify this is because more weaponry and terrorist assets were discovered throughout the day. And as always, an AK-47. Israel also says its video is a single shot with no edits. But this appears to be an edit. We don't know the reasons for that edit, nor how significant it is. The IDF, though, says suggestions it's manipulating the media are incorrect. The IDF video also shows military equipment in other locations, though we can't verify how it came to be there. And what we see in this IDF video 
doesn't equate to Israel's description of al-Shifa as an operational command center for Hamas. Israel is adamant this hospital was a command center, but for now, at least, it's either not found supporting evidence or it's not sharing it. Well, not exactly the scenes of lush, well-appointed and closely guarded terrorist meeting rooms envisioned in the original proof. Still, this was definitely proof that something involving an MRI machine happened under that hospital. And, and uh, did you see those empty tunnels? Well, guess what? It turns out that, just like Hamas itself, the tunnels were actually built by the Israelis. That's right. Turns out ex-Israeli PM and known Jeffrey Epstein associate Ehud Barak said the quiet part out loud in an interview with leading fake news correspondent Christine Amanpour. Well, when you say it was built by Israeli engineers, did you misspeak? No, no, somebody, you know, decades ago, we were the, running the place. So we held them. It was decades, many decades ago, probably five, de four decades ago, that we helped them to build these uh, bunkers in order to enable uh, more, more, uh, more space for the operation of the hospital within the very limited uh, size of this compound. Okay. All right. Well, that, that's, that, that, that's, that's sort of thrown me a little bit. <laughs> that's all, folks. <laughs> that's sort of thrown me a little bit. Are you getting this? Do you see how all of this works? No. Well, here's the big capper to the big joke. November 17th, 2023. U.S. will not share intel on Hamas and Al-Shifa Hospital. White House. The United States will not share any Israeli intelligence or elaborate on its own intelligence assessment that Hamas used Gaza's Al-Shifa Hospital as a command center and possibly as a storage facility, White House spokesman John Kirby said on Thursday. The United States is confident in an assessment from its own intelligence agencies on Hamas activities in the Gaza facility, Kirby said. He has refused to elaborate or provide details over the past several days. <laughs> Hilarious! And do I even need to bother with the inevitable denouement of this twisted tale of untruth? By the end of December, even the Washington Post was forced to admit that the Israeli proof of this terror HQ under the hospital falls short of actual proof, <laughs> raising critical questions about whether the civilian harm caused by Israelis' military operations against the hospital, encircling, besieging, and <laughs> ultimately raiding the facility and the tunnel beneath it, were proportionate to the assessed threat. <laughs> do you see this? Are you laughing? Do you find this funny? Neither do I. Murder. Genocide bombing innocent women and children and using computer-generated fantasies about rifle-wielding MRI scanners to justify it. Look at the faces of the innocents who died as a result of these lies and tell me the price was worth it. Go on, Benny. I dare you. Madeleine Albright would do it. We have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children then died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. 
And somehow, in the long, ignoble career of unconvicted war criminal Benjamin Netanyahu, from his NUMEC nuclear smuggling to his admissions about 9-11 to his drawn-out criminal prosecution for bribery and corruption, he has managed to find a way to sink even lower. October 7th in the Hannibal Directive. Beheaded babies. An evil terrorist headquarters under a hospital. It's all fair game, right? Israel's 9-11 indeed. I don't expect the International Court of Justice is going to really be throwing Netanyahu or any of his buddies behind bars for their war crimes. In fact, it would only be amazing if the case even proceeds to a conclusion. But I do know one thing. The world is awake. Just like Brzezinski warned, the global political awakening is happening. People are aware like never before that the murderous politicians and the deep state interests that they represent are liars, and that the mainstream media only exists to spread fake news in service of the globalist agenda. And I can vow that as long as there is air left in these lungs, I will continue calling out these liars and their fake news lapdogs for what they are. And I'm not the only one. And hey, Benny and all of the lying liars in the fake news corporate-controlled media who helped propagate this and a million other fake news stories in 2023? You know why we call them the dinos? Because you are the leftover remnants of a bygone era. You're already extinct. You just don't know it yet. And that's the 7th Annual Fake News Awards, everybody! Thanks so much for joining us for this celebration. And remember, stop concentrating on fake news and the fake talking heads who peddle it and start concentrating on what you can do to make positive change in this world. That's the only way to kick these liars in the nuts. Until next time, everybody. Well, it looks like this award ceremony was put together at the dollar store, and that's because it was. Put that in your little bag of outtakes. All right.